Welcome to Mystical Musings, March 16th, 2014, here in the Library of Colorado Heights University, beaming out from the highest point in the Mile High City with Myron McClellan and me, Lawrence Phillips. Those of us who identify as spiritual but not religious, who are non-sectarian, non-denominational, are the fastest growing demographic of the sacred communities in America today. Thank you for joining us today, for creating our community of mystics, people seeking to obtain unity with God, the breath of life, the gentle whisper, the great spirit. As a community of mystics who know spiritual apprehension of truths beyond the intellect. I am because we are. I am because we are one, celebrating body and spirit. Today's mystical musing, initiation. The radical transformation afoot today is a global initiation of tremendous significance for human civilization. Initiation is a nodal point in collective consciousness, a moment out of history, a leap out of time into deep presence, leaving behind belief systems, emotional trauma, mental frameworks, and even spiritual limitations. Initiation is a trust-based leap into the great unknown. Many of us in our community are experiencing initiation with all of its promises and its demands. Today we muse about initiation along with its gifts and challenges and offer a community ritual of initiation. Lord, clothe me with the robes of innocence, says an ancient Irish prayer. 
or as Michael Brown's presence process says, innocence or inner sense. Lord, clothe me with the robes of inner sense. In a culture epitomized by distraction and an ever-increasing loss of organic relationship to our embodied lives, initiation brings us back to ourselves through awareness, emotion, energy in motion, and embodied movement. Initiation in this moment, being aware, being mindful, and observing what happens as you pay full attention as possible to your breath. Initiating breath in your hara, Japanese for center, just below the navel, an inch or two, the center of gravity. A little more access if legs and arms are uncrossed, but your option. Feel free to stay crossed if you wish. Accessing hara is made more easily if you breathe right down into your center. Feel your belly responding to the breath and your intention to receive. God is breath. God in, God out. Noticing what you notice. Of what do you become aware? Initiation in this moment, being aware in mindful, slow, gentle movement of your breathing. For those of you who would like to take it yet one step farther, when you inhale, let your spine arch just the slightest bit, the least little arching so that your head comes ever so slightly above the horizon. And when you exhale, slightly rounding your spine and bending. So no matter what position you're sitting in, there is just the least little movement in your spine. A movement that we're doing all the time, but rarely pay much deliberate attention to. Inhaling and reaching ever so slightly above the horizon and exhaling and coming down just ever so slightly below the horizon. Noticing what you notice. Initiations happen through ritual, music, Touch, glance, lectures, chants, group classes, sitting in meditation, receiving transmission from a spiritual teacher, and in deep aloneness. Initiation causes a shift in one's perceptions and awareness of what is. It's a rarely known fact that the great Sufi mystic Hafiz had an Irish distant cousin, Kevin Malley Ophiz, who said, 
The heart is a thousand-stringed instrument that can only be tuned with love. Initiation is a newfound awareness that greatly expands the experience of the I am. Initiation is a deepening of the felt experience of being alive through the senses. Being in this. In this moment, through our capacity to move embodied in the world, through our ability to feel in this our emotions, our hearts, to be deeply here now. Initiation is a deepening of the felt perception of our connection to others and to the mystic one, the great spirit, God. Initiation is a nodal point of the evolution of our collective human consciousness. In our times, initiation is a global investiture of our collective humanity into our new era. We are here now in this extraordinary moment beyond time leaping together into transformation, an overriding quality of our times. Transformation is initiation. The I am of us is transforming. I am being initiated. How I am here now is transforming. My perception, my felt perception of being in this moment is transforming. The I am is so much bigger than our acculturation by the dominant thinking techno ethos, the willful ego. I am because we are. My I am is you, is us, is our region, our country, our planet, and probably the I am extends beyond and even farther out. I am is so much more than thinking mind. <coughs> I am includes our felt perceptions of sensations and emotions, embodied movements, and our relationship with spirit. In our new era, I am is transforming. Our sense of here, now, is transforming from the limitations of conceptual frameworks into an ever-deepening felt experience of the present moment. Our here, now, is undergoing a metamorphosis of felt perception, wherein our capacities to experience the embodied sensations of being alive are awakening a vitality that is fresh and unexpected. Our new era here now is transcending a culture-wide, deeply ingrained habit of projecting our emotions onto others. Our new here now rests not on emotional denial and fear, but a mature willingness to open to, feel, and integrate whatever life brings with a softened countenance, a lengthened spine, and a deeper breath. I am here now in this. And of course, in this itself is undergoing transformation as our perceptual apparati themselves are morphing. Our new era in this extends from the familiar physical environment into an extrasensory perception that surprises and delights. In this is my experience, is the collective moment 
is our exquisite shimmering golden lattice of connectivity. In this, I am resting in trust and in love in the arms of the avatar, in the arms of Jesus, in the arms of Kuan Yin, flowing more freely than ever into the Tao of life. We are transformation. Transformation is initiation. By the nature of these interesting times in which our souls have chosen to incarnate, we are here now in the initiation. Namaste. It's exciting to see so many new faces here. Um, we're so glad that you are joining this wonderful community of ours today. Many of you are new friends. Some are old friends I haven't seen in a long time. And um, it's all really wonderful and inspiring to have you here. I want to say just a word about how these musings get created by Lawrence and me during the month. We come up with a topic that comes out of what we are wanting to investigate at the moment. What is real for us in the moment? It isn't speculative, it's practical. That's what we're really interested in. What makes us able to live a grounded spiritual life every day and in every way. So a topic emerges from one of us. This time it was from Lawrence and I loved all of his beautiful language about the shimmering something of keynote. Golden lattice, golden shimmering lattice of connectivity. Whoa. And then, of course, we start working on it all month. We, start, we, we work on it right from the day after the last musing. It comes out of our experience, as I'm saying. But during that time, books fall off the shelf. Clients come in with some piece I hadn't gotten. I hear something in a radio commercial. I mean, it, the guidance comes from all sorts of directions, primarily from my inner guidance. But this time, for this musing, there have been so many books that have been giving me language and validating what I'm feeling that I really want to mention and acknowledge these authors and their books. So Eckhart Tolle's New Earth, Michael Brown, Presence Process, Paul Selig in a, in a series of books, three books on the word, and um, very importantly, and especially Pamela Kriba in a book called The Yeshua Channelings, Christ Consciousness in a New Era. So I'm very indebted to them as well as to my clients, my students, my friends, my godchildren, my guides, my inner self, and my partner. So we come here inspired because we know you'll be here. We work hard 
because we know you're working on the same things we are. And if we talk about what we're working on, it's very likely to be what you're working on because we really are evolving in tandem. We are doing this together. So we're excited. I'm very excited about today's topic. So because I've learned so many things that are new that really give the lie to a lot of the things I've said in the past. But in the first musings, I made it clear, don't hold me to what I said in this musing because I may something say something different in the next. So I'll tell you some of the places that I have been corrected uh, in this. The music that we do really comes out of the energy of this collective, this beautiful collective, and is a moment of adoration. It's not a performance. It's not something that will lead you to want to applaud. It's adoration and it leads into silence. And those very rich silences are a great part of our musing and give us the opportunity to open ourselves to receive grace. So glad you're here. Welcome. This, by the way, is my hand warmer. The piano keys are so cold. So Lawrence gave this to me today.
spontaneous creations that take 65 years to manifest with your help. Thank you, Myron. Here we are just past the Ides of March, St. Patrick's Day, and soon the spring equinox. Blessed be the Romans, the Irish, and the equinoxers amongst us. You never thought of yourself as an equinoxer? So much of our current media is so dark. Much of our current age is so very challenging, difficult to get our minds around. We need good news. What challenges we face here in the new era of the 21st century? There's such an unsettled collective sense currently with the acceleration of exponential change, the tsunami of technological transformation sweeping over the globe, the great wealth gap, the gigantic wave of climate change pummeling our planet in so many growingly extreme ways, the intractability of the polarized politics in the federal political process, the extreme skewing of facts and truth in the media, proliferating gun violence in America. Now with towns in California <clears throat> facing severe drought, the increasing likelihood that fresh water will become a commodity more valuable than oil in many areas throughout the world. The escalating face-offs between Russia and Ukraine, as well as between China and Japan. The ongoing horrors of Syria and the Middle East. It's all enough to make one a pessy mystic. <laughs> Myron is the opti-mystic, and I tend toward being the pessy mystic. No wonder anxiety is a widespread collective response to our extraordinarily volatile times. Initiation is this moment. Being aware, being mindful, and observing what happens as you pay full attention as possible to your breath. And so we look for the positive needles in the vast haystack of awful. Hence, the incipient evidence for mass positive transformation, a monthly segment that I like to share because I am such a pessimistic about it all. I look for the positive. I search and scour the media for those little remnants that are not just nice, but evidence of possible mass transformation. So this month's incipient evidence for mass positive transformation comes from the cover of Time magazine, The Mindful Revolution, just recently. Subtitled, The Science of Finding Focus in a Stressed Out Multitasking Culture. Or as the Celtic might have it, God is good but never dance in a small boat. <laughs> I see there are some Celtics amongst us. While our ubiquitous tech devices allow us to be in many places at once, that convenience comes at a price of being unable to fully inhabit the place where we actually are. Mindfulness helps us meet the preeminent condition of our age, stressful distraction, and, and it helps us, mindfulness helps us to quiet our busy minds. Mindfulness helps us become more aware of this present moment, be less caught up with the past or the future. 
The technique is gaining acceptance among Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, Fortune 500 CEOs, and even Pentagon chiefs. The power of mindfulness is in its non-religious universality. The goal of mindfulness is simply to give full attention to what you are doing. One can work, parent, and learn mindfully. One can exercise and eat mindfully. Chase Bank even advises spending mindfully. The daily onslaught of distractions demands skills that allow us to survive and succeed in the 21st century. Mindfulness allows us to pause and reset rather than rely just on pharmaceuticals. We are so hyper-connected with our iPhones, personal computers, iPad, laptops, phoning, texting, Facebooking, Twittering, Snapchatting. We are so hyper-connected that we are just not present where we are, being deeply scattered all while supposedly being connected. Mindfulness succeeds with smart marketing, avoiding any religious connotations. The approach is more common sense. The meditation of mindfulness is like exercising a muscle that strengthens us. And current science is bolstering the appeal of mindfulness with the updating of our abilities to adapt and rewire, a phenomenon known as neuroplasticity, which indicates that given appropriate conditions, our brains, even into late old age, are a whole lot more changeable and adaptable than science and conventional wisdom used to think. <clears throat> As of 2007, when the last figures are available, spending related to mindfulness was $4 billion. Of course, there's a new magazine called Mindful. There are a stack of best-selling books, an ever-growing number of smartphone apps, and many mindfulness retreats all over the country. You know it's taking hold when business wakes up to it. 500 General Mills employees have participated in mindfulness classes and there are mind meditation rooms in every building of the General Mills campus in Minneapolis. The man who brought mindfulness to General Mills also taught a well-attended session at the World Economic Summit in Davos, Switzerland. This for the global movers and shakers and billionaires. Of course, the tech giants, Google, Twitter, Facebook, are all include mindfulness in their business models. An Ohio congressman secured a $1 million federal grant to teach mindfulness in the schools of his district. Several million dollars have been awarded to study how mindfulness can help Marines be more resilient in combat. Given that the average teen now texts over 3,000 times a month, Mindfulness has been starting in California schools and is spreading to over 300,000 students and teachers in 48 states and over 43 countries. Mindfulness, this month's candidate for incipient evidence of mass positive transformation. Namaste. I honor the place in you wherein the entire universe dwells. I honor the place in you which is of love, of truth, of light, as you are in that place in you and I am in that place in me, we are one. Namaste.
I thought of how to structure my talk so I could build up to the great climax, but it didn't work. So I'm going to start with the great climax. <laughs> to me, the most exciting idea that I have run across has to do with the coming together of the yin and the yang, the male and the female, the light and the dark, all of these opposites coming together, we've talked about forever, haven't we? You know, the yin-yang symbol was the first religious symbol that I ever really knew of, and it's ancient. And symbol, symbols go to the subconscious mind. So that has been very, very powerful. So it's the coming together of those. However, the really exciting idea that is new to me is that when we bring together those perfectly, which we're all working on right now, we're bringing those together, it creates a third consciousness. A third consciousness. Now, what again is exciting to me is some of these great masters are saying, this is the plan for the earth. This is what was always intended, that we experience duality, that we come to experience oneness, but we don't do away with the duality. We don't do away with the individuality. So even though I know that we are all the same person, I'm really glad that I'm Myron and Omar is Omar, right? I need him to be Omar, just as he needs me to be Myron. And I love that we keep that individuality. And as we're going through this initiation and we're bringing this new era forward, we're bringing it all together, our oneness and our individuality. Now, and creating a third consciousness, which we may get to in moments of great lucidity, but we haven't totally shifted into, we're shifting more into it every day and moving toward an unknown way of perceiving, a deeper way of loving, an expanded way of awareness. We're moving into it as these come and are creating in us, even now, this third consciousness. The third consciousness. So some of these great masters I've been reading will say, in the Garden of Eden, you will recall, there were two trees that Adam and Eve could have eaten from. And one was the tree of life, which would have kept them in the garden. The other was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is what Eve went for. And many of us have regretted all these years that you made that choice. And it's given us a really great excuse not to have women priests, right? <laughs> and to see women as the second-class citizens. But you know what? Thank God for Eve. Because of the joy we have in duality. Not when we're in a feeling of separation. We all know that. It's not what I'm talking about, right? But we are here really to, put, to make this third consciousness. 
And, and it's exciting to me that when that wave comes over me, I am so thrilled. So there was a yin-yang symbol, and Carl Jung also talked a lot about the coming together of the male and female, but the one I really like is what Jesus did at the miracle, in the miracle of Cana, where, and all of his miracles, by the way, were teachings. They were all parables. They weren't just meant to impress. They had a message. So he took water, which is a feminine symbol, and poured it into stone. What could be more opposite? Water and stone. And then that creates a third consciousness, which is wine, right? So it's the wine of consciousness that we have been evolving toward from the get-go. From the get-go. That's what we have been evolving toward. And it's so exciting to be alive in this time and experience it happening. I mean, it, it is an initiation into that kind of consciousness that we're undergoing. All initiations, you know, have a little hazing involved. And so we may sometimes feel a little hazed, right? Because uh, it's up and down these days. But mostly it's exciting. It's strange, but it's exciting. So I want to talk today about some of the things I've been learning about how to support this evolution in myself and therefore in the collective, right? Because as I change, the collective changes. And that's not an ego statement. It's a statement of fact. As we individually change, it changes everything. So, you know, we are really pretty accomplished in the spirit side of things. Spirit, body. Our, our website is called One Body Spirit. And my old friend Jeanette Crowley, um, who is here for the first time, brought her new book, which is called Soul Body Fusion. <laughs> How's that for synchronicity? The Missing Peace and Healing and beyond. So it's in the, it's a meme in our culture and it's what we are really striving for. So again, the spirit part seems well in place. We've worked a long time on the mental body to really sort out what we want philosophically, what fits for us, what explains our experience. And spiritually, we've been meditating forever We've been praying forever. So those parts of us are really highly developed. So what I want to talk about are developing more of the human side and more of the body. So the emotional body, we've been learning quite a bit about. So I've been taught in this by Michael Brown in the presence process and in his other book, The Alchemy of Love, in which he says, turned toward charged emotions. I'm not quoting him. This is my interpolation. Turn toward charged emotions. Integrate them. Feel them. 
know them. And what happens then with the charged emotions as you turn toward them and let them be there in your body, as long as they want to be there in the body, is that the emotion goes with the charge stays. In other words, we are energized. When we feel our anger as we integrate it and fuel the charge, the anger goes away and passion appears. Energy for creativity appears. If you think of all of the great artists and composers, you can think a lot of them were very angry. So they put it into their Beethoven, for example, put it into his symphonies. It was creative. So this is a new kind of way of dealing with emotions. Not new, but I mean, it's a, it's a really wonderful take on it that Michael Brown has given us. And the other thing Michael Brown has given us, which I never thought about before, which I just think is incredible, is that our emotions develop in our first seven years. I mean, you know, since Freud, we've thought about the early years being that important. But Michael Brown says that they, uh, that's where their source is, which says to me that the emotional body and the inner child are essentially the same thing. And it's such a startling and beautiful idea for me. And so I know that all of us post John Bradshaw have been doing a lot of inner child work. And each of us does it in his or her own way. However, I learned a $100 technique for dealing with inner child and nurturing the inner child, which I'm going to show you today. $100 technique. So this comes from Victoria. Victoria is my energy worker as well as one of my dearest friends in the world. But she gave me a couple of, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, holes? Yeah, Jin Jitsu techniques. So they were for whatever was ailing me. But the energy of it is really awesome. And I'm using it to nurture my inner child. So I want to show it to you today, and I want us to do it together for a minute. It's really complicated, but maybe you can figure it out. <laughs> so I stood yesterday in the dining room talking to Lawrence, and he said, is that some Jinshin Jitsu thing you're doing? I said, no. I'm nurturing my inner child. So let's try it. Let's just hold it like this, close your eyes, breathe. Sweet, huh? That's sweet. I don't know whether I can get you out of this or not. <laughs> I need to go on. Just take this home for yourselves. <laughs> but I like standing in the line in the grocery store like this, like waiting for the opera to begin. I'm like this, right? Absolutely. Oh, I don't know whether my inner child's covering the microphone or not. We'll see. There would be something he'd enjoy doing. <laughs> so, as I, we've recommended the presence process, so many of you have done it, and it's just, uh, we grow emotionally 
when we embrace the emotional body and when we embrace the child and when we bring those charged emotions in and integrate them and keep the charge so it can morph into creativity. Now the physical body. Physical body is so awesome and amazing. And Alexandra said to me this week, I was just amazed when I thought about all the trillions of things that are going inside the human body to keep it going, all of those actions. It is an amazing, amazing thing. It's perhaps our greatest gift, right? The body's our gift. We have, we're always spirit, but it's a great gift to us. And so there are things we can do to support that also. So as Lawrence was saying, breathing into the lower belly, because what we're really wanting to do is open those bottom three chakras. Where's my water? The bottom three chakras. You know, from the heart to the head, we're really pretty refined by this time after a long ages of work. But bringing that amazing energy into the body is one of the things we can do to support this evolution we're going through. So breathing into the lower three chakras is a very, very important thing to do. It really helps us ground and open those chakras. Another thing that helps is to send down roots into the earth from the bottom part of our body. So that's very easy to do too. Just send down roots into Mother Earth. Then there's another $100 technique. And this was actually shown me years and years ago uh, by a man I very much admired named Ezra Bishop. His son Harv Bishop comes to the musings when, they're, when he's feeling well. And I used it, what he showed me was that if you're nervous, just sit on your hands. And so over the years, when someone comes in who's never been to, um, to someone like me, and they're uh, you know, really nervous about the process, I just have them sit on their hands. And it really makes a world of difference. But this was the other thing Victoria said from, that was good for me to do, and so it reminded me of that. And now what I am aware of in sitting on my hands is how it energizes the lower three chakras all the way down to the feet and plants roots. It's a $100 technique, but let's try it, okay? Just sit on your hands. Close your eyes and breathe. And breathe from your uh, lower belly. Okay. Great one, huh? So I'm always like the lazy man's guide to enlightenment, right? I'm always looking for the easiest thing I can possibly do. Well, this and these are really easy things. So I start all my meditations sitting on my hands and then I do this. And um, 
it makes a big difference. And it can be done throughout the day. Now I want to talk about where I was wrong, where I have been wrong before, and where I, what I'm repenting of, and you are all my confessors. <laughs> so I think that I've had the idea, I don't know how, whether I gave lip service to it. I may have given lip service to something else, but I think I've thought that what we're evolving to is into being these wonderful light beings, that we're going to heaven, that we're really going to be in the heavenly light. And that's what everything is about. But I don't think that anymore. I think that's one half of what we're going toward. I think the other half is that the dark aspects of us want to evolve too. And we need the base notes. You know, we do need the base notes. We need the earth tones. We need the earth. We need to sing the blues, not just hymns. We have to have all those things. Those really ground us and make us happy and satisfy us. So that's not being left behind. Nor is the ego being left behind. The lower ego is being left behind. We've been doing that for a long time. And, you know, now we know that when the lower ego comes up, that we can just say, I don't think I want to go there. That's too much drama for me. So we can, you know, we have a lot of control over the lower ego. But the higher ego, which is what makes Johnette, Johnette, and Myron, Myron, yes, that evolves. More than that, what each of us individually wants is what's being created. And nothing trumps that. Nothing trumps what you want individually. It is the strongest form of creativity. So whatever dreams you have, whatever unspoken desires are there, whatever your individual vision is, is what's being created. And that's what we're evolving toward to really respect our inner light and our inner guidance and know that's the final word. Not the word from some holy book or some holy guy, right? Or anyone else, but from what's within us. That's where God is, right? That's where the Christ consciousness is. It's in us. So we're not evolving to some place where we'll all have the same oneness. Then we're back before we got smart and came to the garden. Okay? And this we're taking with us. So um, I confess that I've been very light-centric, which was about the first thing Lawrence said to me when we started living together. So no wonder he has to be the pessimistic. <laughs> Just for balance, we have to have that. So it is such an exciting time because really these transitional theologians that I've been reading are holding in their wisdom the fact that this is the culmination, that this is the culmination of what we've been working for since the garden. What we've been working for since the garden. To take the water, 
and to take the stone, put them together, and make the wine. That's what we're up to. Now we are going to do an initiation, a little exercise, brief initiation, which Lawrence will lead. But I want to say in advance that initiations are important, rituals are important because they change us subconsciously. So it's a subconscious change. So it's just the things we've been talking about and the things you've been talking to me about. Moving away from fear-based to love-based and it's all in the moment. Right, so it's not an initiation into the future. And the evolution that's happening is not happening in the future. It is happening now. And I see it in you, and I see it in me, and we feel it in the collective. It's moving, it's happening now. And so, as we stay in mindfulness, in the moment, anchored here, loving our bodies, being sensual, loving our bodies, stroking them, being aware, loving the bodies, in bringing that spirit in, that's what we're doing in this moment. And this is the most important moment of the evolution. So, I'm so glad we're sharing this together. Namaste.
Again, from the great Irish mystic Ophiz, Ohafiz, I should not make any promises right now, but I know if you pray, somewhere in the world, something good will happen. And from the less eastern part of the Irish family, may the blessing of light be upon you, light without and light within. May the blessed sunshine on you and warm your heart till it glows like a great fire. We are now within the initiation of the new era of human consciousness. Initiation into that shimmering golden lattice of connectivity. Initiation by exponentiality, ever-growing and radically changing transformations in life, in technology, and in our environment. Initiation with proliferating wild cards and black swans, unexpected positive shifts like Pope Francis and the mindfulness revolution, 3D printing, and the awesome pace of business innovation. Initiation now for the awakening and advancement of humankind. Initiation by establishing a new awakened heart relationship with the holy trinities of fear, anger, grief, and joy, peace, creativity. May your neighbors respect you, trouble neglect you, the angels protect you, and heaven accept you. May you live to be a hundred years with one extra year to repent. <laughs> Conscious initiation unleashes initiative. From the great early 19th century German writer, writer Goethe, whatever you can do or dream, you can. Begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. Breathing more deeply, attending to your breath. The breath is the focal point. Letting the breath be just a little more full. Not a full breath, because that takes you into technique, but just a deeper breath to get more connected with self. What follows is voluntary for those who would like to participate. If you would rather not, then just sit quietly in meditation, basking in the field that we are all creating. With great thanks to the presence process, our mantra is, I am here now in this. As you inhale, I, I, exhale, am, inhale, here, exhale, now, inhale, in, exhale, this. So as you start with an inhalation, you start with the I. And just keep that running. Keep the mantra going as you breathe on your own time and your own pace. I am here now in this. 
So the I can be one long I. I am here now in this. And it can simply be that as you begin your inhalation, you just I am here now in this. Opening to emotion, shifting your focal point to your heart, to feelings. Energy in motion as a fuel for the adventure. And doing what amounts to be a 180, a 180 degree turn with fear. Finding a fear that you can be present to. I recommend not a 10. Take a five or a six or a one or a two, whatever you feel comfortable with. Something that triggers in you just a little bit of fear. Breathing, opening, allowing. Soft face, soft jaw, triggering fear. Longer spine, deeper breath. Triggering fear, opening and allowing rather than resisting and denying. I am here now in this. And now letting the fear go and just noticing, exhaling, letting go, just noticing, being present to whatever. And now for just a minute, the same thing with love, consciously, intentionally triggering love, whether it's this present moment, some wonderful event that happened recently for you, something that grounds you in love from your past. Catalyzing in your heart, love. I am here 
now in this. And finally, anchoring in spirit, whether it be today, some anchor through conscious breathing, some anchor through the avatar, Jesus, Kuan Yin, Buddha, some prayer, even the image of our home, Gaia. May love and laughter light your days and warm your heart and home. May good and faithful friends be yours wherever you may roam. May peace and plenty bless your world with joy that long endures. May all life's passing seasons bring the best to you and yours. Conscious initiation unleashes initiative. Whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. It is done, so be it. Blessed be. Namaste.